coronavirus update leaves us with two choices. Either we bury our heads in the sand and wait for someone to save us, or we lean into this crisis and fight back with all we've got. If you know anything about America's industrial sector, you know the men and women who work in it do not back down from a fight, and they're ready to pitch in and lead this great American comeback. My name is Ben Lawrence. I'm the Chief Business Officer at KCF Technologies, and I'm honored to represent a company committed to supporting the American industrial cause. How are we doing so? By donating, free of charge, the machine health technology and engineering services that will eliminate downtime, safety incidents, and production interruptions that will otherwise disrupt our American energy and manufacturing sectors at a time that we cannot afford it. This podcast will showcase the mission-critical industrial applications our industry needs to survive, as we'll interview leading experts who have insight into the blind spots that could set us back, along with their ideas on how to avoid them. Ready to do your part? Sit back, listen, and ask yourself, who do I know who's in a position to solve the problems that this podcast describes? Whether it's you or someone you know, let's connect these guys and ladies and put America in the best position to come roaring back, stronger, smarter, better. Hi, everyone. In this podcast interview, I sit down with Blake Bonfanti, KCF Technologies VP of Oil and Gas. Blake is a Penn State Petroleum Engineer. He spent years working in the American energy sector. And in this episode, we touch upon midstream compressor stations. These stations do not get a lot of attention in our media, but boy, are they important. These are pumping stations that are sprinkled all throughout our country that are responsible for moving the oil and gas from the wells where they originate all the way down to the refineries and other downstream applications where it fuels our power industry, our infrastructure, our transportation, everything that we sometimes take for granted. Really interesting to hear from Blake on what some of the common blind spots and pitfalls are that can take down these compressor stations and leave us short on the energy we need. Enjoy this interview with Blake Bonfanti. Blake, thank you for joining me today to speak with our audience about the midstream oil and gas application. And we're going to get right into it. You had mentioned in the write-up and the offer that our company had made to Midstream that resonance is a root cause problem that causes a lot of failures at compressor stations. What is resonance? Yeah, resonance. So think of back when you were a kid. And resonance is like when you were on the trampoline and you'd have your friends double bounce you, right? So you'd have two friends jump at the same time that you jumped, and what happened was is you went twice as high. Resonance in a piece of machine, in a very simple terms, is when two forces join together and cause exponential damage on that piece of equipment. Hmm. 
and the type of damage that's caused by these exponential forces. Can you describe what kind of damage we have documented on midstream compressor stations? Yeah, for sure. Mostly what happens, the, the most significant fault that we're seeing is the suction piping feeding the compressor stations gets into a resonance condition based on the way that the compressors are running, and ultimately, it, sometimes it tears the piping clean apart. Wow. Okay, so the suction side piping that's feeding into the compressor station is tearing apart because of this exponential force that's being cast upon it. Yeah, absolutely. So sometimes they call it suction piping or the intake piping, but what you'll see is that the joints where the two pieces of piping come together, those will come loose or it actually sometimes is so severe that it rocks the compressor loose. Wow. Okay. And why is this condition? Well, two questions for you. Number one is what causes the resonance? Let's start with that. Yeah, resonance can be caused by a lot of different things. Um, sometimes it's fundamentally how that system is designed. It may hit a resonance frequency in the way that it's operating. Sometimes it's just purely operating parameters that's causing it. Um, it's, really, it's really hard to identify, but there are multiple things that can cause resonance to happen. And what we're finding is that more often than not, it's not the way that it's fundamentally designed you know the, the piping isn't designed improperly but the system as a whole is sometimes being operated at less than ideal conditions causing the resonance so in other words if the compressor is set to a certain speed or if the motor's at a certain rpm the vibrations that that particular speed emanates happen to match the natural resonance frequency of the pipe and then it's just a perfect storm where stuff starts going crazy. Yeah, exactly. It's like the uh, it's like the um, army marching across the bridge, right? The bridge wasn't really fundamentally designed wrong. There was nothing wrong with the bridge. It just so happened to be that the perfect storm of the force, in that case, it was the army marching across it. In our case, it's the compressor turning speed is sometimes harmoniously matching up to the frequency at which the piping has a natural resonance. <laughs> Sounds like a complicated problem to engineer out of a <laughs> midstream compressor system. Is that fair to say? Yeah, you know, you really, you can't engineer it out. Um, no matter what you change in the engineering, there will always be a resonance condition. Uh, you can't engineer a resonance condition out. You just have to avoid the operating conditions that are causing that resonance. But every system has a different resonance uh, frequency. That way, it's not a um, it's not a you know a plug and play solution. Every one is unique and has a different resonance, and thus has a different RPM that will excite that resonance. Hmm. And in your experience, how are most midstream companies currently monitoring for these resonance conditions and trying to catch them when they arise? Yeah, speaking uh, openly and quite frankly, a lot of companies Please. aren't. And the reason why is that they don't know what's causing it. Um, most of the time, this resonance condition is actually invisible. So we don't know when it's happening, why it's happening, or what it's causing. What we're doing is monitoring the symptoms. And what I mean by monitoring the symptoms is they're just time-based 
tightening and checking and doing adjustments. And when they're doing that, they're finding that some piping is very loose. Um, but they're not, they're not able to identify when it is happening and pinpoint it. And the other, the other solution to that is, is a route-based condition. But the route-based condition is only taking readings once per month. And this resonance phenomena is happening at an interval, sometimes on the order of milliseconds, not on a monthly interval. Ah, so what you're saying is this resonance condition, it comes and goes. It might rattle pipes for a few seconds or a few minutes, but then it goes away, correct? Yeah, so it's the perfect storm of inlet conditions and design and compressor operating speeds that subsequently cause a resonance condition, but it could happen and it does happen intermittently, meaning it doesn't build over you know three months where we might be able to identify this condition happening and getting worse. It just comes and goes. And as our midstream professionals will appreciate, there's often nobody there, right? So th these compressor stations uh, do not have staff that's on site 24 seven, keeping an eye and ear to the equipment. So this can happen at a time when no one is there to see it, yet we all suffer the consequence of a catastrophic failure when those do happen. Yeah, that's exactly right. Most of the compressor stations um, across all of North America are in remote, desolate areas of the country, uh, just typically where they run pipelines and subsequently where they have to have compressor stations. And then they're not, you know, they're not staffed full time to be monitoring eyes and ears on every compressor at a certain station. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking back, Blake, to some of our customers. I can think of a couple examples where we have had customers that have had different sections of piping that have rattled apart because of resonance, and the fix is to send out a welder, like somebody who goes out and <laughs> re-welds the pipe or puts a big brace around it in an effort to keep it from shaking as much the next time this phantom condition shows itself. And what we found is that you may eliminate the resonance failure from that particular point on the system but what do you think happens to the resonance? Yeah, it, uh, well, it doesn't go away. Uh, it just moves itself somewhere else in the system. You know, they, there's, a, there's an interesting exactly. saying that goes around about vibration and, you know, specifically resonance conditions is when you have resonance or high vibration, typically the worst thing that you can do is clamp it down or try to make that symptom go away. Because what you do is you force that dangerous condition to go elsewhere and break something that is probably not supposed to break. And that's when things get really scary. Fair point. So why do you think that the midstream oil and gas industry has not already completely eliminated this problem? I understand resonance is something that we cannot just make go away. But, and again, speaking openly, I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus, but Help us understand why hasn't the industry already put the tools in place that can pick up on this right away and force someone to act? Um, I think that a lot, you know, and we've worked with quite a few companies across North America, and they have either heard of resonance at a very brief, um, high level, or sort of understand it, but 
they don't truly know and not to their fault because it's invisible, right? I mean, how would you know? But it's an education issue, I believe. And we've got to, um, we're helping some companies really learn about resonance and what it is and why it's happening and when it's happening and the impacts that it has. Um, this is an invisible, relatively high level physical phenomena that's happening. Um, it's not easy, it's complex. It's hard to identify when it's happening and why it's happening and what we can do. Um, and I truly think that's why we haven't solved this problem. It's not as easy um, as just, you know, like we were talking about double bouncing on a trampoline. It's not that simple. Uh, it's a much more complex problem that's invisible and um, it's pretty high level. It's a high level engineering problem. Yeah. What are best-in-class midstream companies do to wrap their heads around this and take action? Can you describe to us, for example, if they uh, go out with one of our health monitoring kits, how many sensors are they bringing out there? What does the setup look like? So for a, uh, for a compressor at any given compressor station, we typically have between 15 and 25 sensors across the entire compressor. That's monitoring parts of the engine, parts of the drive line, parts of the uh, inlet piping. We typically take about 20 sensors per compressor. So if you have five compressors at a compressor station, we're deploying roughly 100 health um, mach machine health sensors across the entire uh, station. Okay. And those sensors, as soon as we install them, they're class one div two, correct? Yes, they are. Okay. And immediately upon installing them, we have, via remote monitoring, we have continuous uh, watchdogs, both the technology and humans that support it, that are keeping an eye on those and calling out these resonance issues upon seeing them. At which point, what happens? Does the midstream company make real-time adjustments to the speed or flow rates or something in an effort to eliminate that resonance before it continues? Yeah, so let me let me just back up. So I think it's an interesting, um, we actually have, you know, we have templates built in our software so that when we install, we immediately can begin trending data. And actually, we've had quite a few instances where before we even leave the site post-installation, we immediately are seeing some of these resonance conditions even when we were standing there installing sensors on the compressor itself, um, it's, it's almost instantaneous data feeds. And what we do is we set up specific bands. We're looking at different frequencies and amplitudes, and we can send automated notifications to anyone at that site when this condition is happening. And they just get a simple text or an email with uh, a little description of what's happening and where it's happening, and then what they do is they begin to look at the parameters that they can adjust. Some can control different pressures or temperatures, flow rates. Um, and most of the time what we're finding is we're just changing the speed at which that specific compressor is running at and balancing the load somewhere else. So you're, uh, yeah, so you're saying the action they take is that they, it, first of all, they're notified that the resonance is happening. Second is they're, changing the speeds at which the compressors are running. And third, they're changing those speeds in an effort to rebalance the rate across the fleet of compressors that are available to accept it. Is that a fair summary? Yeah. 
That's exactly right. Okay. And, uh, okay, final question for you, Blake. Uh, what's the number one takeaway that you would want our listeners, especially professionals in the midstream industry, to leave uh, from this interview? What is, what's the number one takeaway you have for them? The takeaway is this. America right now is depending upon a reliable energy source via pipeline and compressors. We are relying on this more than we ever have. And we have found that the number one cause of compressor failure is related to this invisible, complex engineering problem that we are uniquely qualified to begin to help you solve. And we're, we're ready to start right now. Great. Well, and as you know, Blake, uh, this is, we are doing this at no cost. Here's what we know. Midstream compressor stations are the heartbeats that keep our energy industry alive and thereby keep our utilities going and our transportation moving and everything else. So midstream professionals, you represent a key part of America's industrial sector. You represent a key part of our infrastructure. And as part of this partnership, all we're looking to do is offer you this technology and the services related to it free of charge for as long as our company is facing this economic downturn and or as long as we can afford to do it <laughs> on our dime. But regardless, in the short term, you're important to us and we want to help. Blake, I want to thank you for coming on and sharing your insight with us. How can our listeners reach you? Yeah, so you can reach me directly. Um, my cell phone is 724-777-4816. My email address is bbonfanti. That's B-B-O-N-F-A-N-T-I at kcftech.com. Excellent. 724-777-4816. And I'm sure that however they found this podcast, there's probably a link or something there. Or you can go to our company's website, kcftech.com. Blake, stay safe, stay healthy, and keep washing your hands. Absolutely. To you as well. Thanks, Ben. All right. Thanks. Bye.